This is episode 255, Healing Anger with Sean. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Have a great episode for you today. We cover a lot of ground. And as usual, I encourage you to always make it to the end. Sometimes, you know, it takes a bit to, to get to the core of things and a lot of the magic and the juice comes towards the end. And also every episode, I always do a breakdown after the show where I talk a little bit more about things that came up in the session and other information that can be helpful to you as you're on this journey of personal growth that we're all on. We're all on a journey of personal development. Some of us are just more aware of it than others. If you've noticed, there are probably people in your life that don't actively choose personal and spiritual development. However, life is doing it for them in certain challenges that they have or addictions that they have or whatever it is. We're always on this path of growth. It's just, are you aware and conscious of it and choosing it and participating in it? Or are you resisting it? And evidence that you're resisting it is you're clinging on to the past, you're wanting things to be your way, you're not wanting to look at the past and actually heal it. You keep having the same issue over and over and over again. And most likely there's an inner child in there who definitely needs your healing. You've heard me talk about the inner child workshop that we have coming up. The early bird discount ends on Friday, July 31st, get $100 off. So go to christinehassler.com slash inner child to get all the information on that. Any questions, you can email jill at christinehassler.com. Bottom line, we're always learning, we're always growing. And I've said this on the show many times before, but I want to remind you again, please don't ever think that there's a there or that you're backtracking. I hear from so many people who either call in or coach with me or come to an event. Oh no, not this again. I worked on that issue. And even Sean in our episode today, a lot of the advice that I give him or suggestions that I give him, he's like, I've done that. I've tried that. And I'm sure you've said that. I've done that. I've tried that. I've worked on this. This again, I have to do more. Yeah. Sometimes there's layers and we're never there. It's not like you can read one book or listen to one episode or take one workshop or work with one coach and boom, everything is perfect. We're constantly evolving. And when you can just accept that, when you can just accept I am a spiritual being having a human experience. I'm always going to be learning and growing. There's always going to be stuff that comes up that I'm going to have to deal with. However, the more that I heal and the more tools that I have, the easier it is to deal with in terms of the things that come up. I still have stuff that comes up for me, but it doesn't come up as often and I don't spend as long in it because I've done so much work and because I have a pretty hefty toolbox, but I don't have the expectation that old stuff is never going to come up, that I'm never going to be triggered that old fears or anxieties or worries or obstacles or whatever aren't going to come back because I don't want to come from the ego position that like, oh, like I'm so evolved and I've handled that because who knows, 
there may be a deeper layer that wants to emerge. So when you can just accept that and flow with it and go with it and release these personal growth expectations that there's a there or in some way, like all of a sudden life just becomes easy and you manifest things at the snap of your fingers, just accept, accept your human experience. So in my conversation with Sean today, we have a really good talk about anger and going deep into what causes anger and what's really, truly underneath it. So as you are listening to this call, consider how is your temper? Do you tend to hold things inside? And then once you reach your breaking point, you snap. Do you often react in angry ways or impatient ways that you feel scare or hurt people in your life? As a child, did you truly feel like someone held space for your emotions? Are there people in your life, perhaps even your parents, that you just cannot seem to forgive, even though intellectually you know you should? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Sean. Before we dive in, I want to talk to you about your feet. I'm very, very particular about my feet because they hurt a lot. (laughs) So I have to wear bare, I get to wear very, very comfortable shoes. And one of my favorite brands of comfortable, washable, and sustainable shoes is Rothy's. You've probably heard of Rothy's. I've talked about them before, but now not only are they making shoes, they're making bags. And they're so carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic. Rothy's shoes are incredibly comfortable with zero break-in period thanks to their seamlessly knit design. You have so many awesome styles to choose from. Rothy's shoes are the perfect pair for any adventure, which is why they always go in my suitcase while I travel. Vogue calls Rothy's a personal obsession and health says they are the most comfortable shoes on earth. I would agree. Rothy's always comes with free shipping and free returns as well. So that's another plus. And like I mentioned, they're made from repurposed plastic water bottles. They have saved 50 million single use plastic water bottles out of landfills and transformed them into their signature thread. And another major bonus fully machine washable. Every time they need a refresh, simply toss them in the machine. And Rothy's owns and operates their manufacturing workshop where they prioritize sustainability every step of the way. So here is your call to action. Check out all the amazing shoes and bags available right now at rothys.com slash over. That's rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash over. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash over. And now on to my coaching session with Sean. Sean, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. Okay. All right. Let's see. So, this is scary. It's okay. Because <laughs> I want I want I want this to be real, right? I want yeah. it to be like you know. I want to be real with this, and yeah. we don't have that much time. So, um, the, I guess the thing the thing that I'm most scared to talk about is the thing that I'm going to talk about. So amazing. Uh, so I have I have a temper. I have an anger streak the size of Texas, Oklahoma, maybe Arkansas combined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm consciously working on it. It's been, um, especially the last five years, being in a long-term committed relationship and um, being married and not having a child. Um, I've I've come to a point to where I see that the uh, that these kinds of these kinds of behaviors, like yelling and throwing things and slamming things down and whatever, 
and causing there to be massive emotional turmoil in my home <laughs> mm-hmm. is no longer acceptable. Like it's mm-hmm. just not, it's not tenable anymore. Mm-hmm. I've tried various versions of uh, meditation and breathing practices and prayer and, mm-hmm. you know, chemicals and all kinds. I've tried not, not antidepressants, but, you know, self-medicating through alcohol, marijuana, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And, you know, it's getting better, but I'd kind of like to, it's kind of like a, a weed in my garden that I'd like to just pull mm-hmm. from the root, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you know, well, first of all, thank you for your honesty and thank you for going through for the thing that's the hardest to talk about because that takes great courage and it shows how committed you are to changing that. Yeah. Where does the anger come from? Well, uh, I mean, you know, we live in an age now where <laughs> we get to, we get to reflect and look at and see what happened in childhood mm-hmm. and what, uh, you know, what was that dynamic like? And I've definitely done a lot of picking apart what my early life experience was like. And, um, my home was not a happy place. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of, a lot of really subtle and not so subtle psychological abuse, uh, verbal abuse, some physical abuse, but not, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's so funny whenever I say that now some, but not, <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, okay, well, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, I developed an eating disorder pretty young. I was six. The first time I remember binging on, uh, I had six tacos that night. And I remember feeling like, wow, you know, I'm stuffed to the gills. I can't move. And it was, I felt accomplished and I felt sort of numb and soothed and, you know, all of this at once. And so, I don't know. I think if I boil it down, I think there's a part of me that feels like I got an unfair start. You know, like it's just not freaking fair that, you know, on the surface and I mean, shoot, up until I was, I don't know, 40, I never, I didn't even really, I didn't even really start to look at the actual dysfunction that was there in my family life. Yeah. So. Yeah. So when there's a lot of anger in the house, because abuse is basically anger and hurt taken out on another. Mm -hmm. So it's using other human beings as our punching bag. Mm-hmm. And what happens when that happens to us is we repeat it or heal it. And you're not repeating it in the sense of being abusive, but it's leaking out in other ways. And yep. I think why it's becoming so frustrating is because you're trying to put out a forest fire with a garden hose. Things mm-hmm. like meditation, breath work, journaling, mm-hmm. even alcohol, those kinds of things are garden hose. Mm-hmm. It's right that you have as much anger as you do. I really want to validate your anger, Sean. It, it makes perfect sense. You should be angry. You had, pardon my French, a really fucked up childhood. You were raised by people who hurt you, who probably shouldn't have had children and <laughs> made your life really awful. And it's really healthy to be angry about that. So getting rid of the anger, because you've been trying to, like you said, soothe yourself and stuff all these feelings down, starting with food. And then you just have different ways that you've tried to contain it, control it, but it continues to leak out. And instead of trying to 
stop the anger or be ashamed of the anger. I want you to first understand and acknowledge that it's actually healthy for you to be this angry. Hmm. Can you see that? I can conceptualize it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to get to, now it's not healthy to yell and throw things and put your wife and children oh. in emotional turmoil. Right. The anger is healthy. How you're dealing with it isn't. Yeah. But part of why I feel it's not budging is because you judge the anger. And when we judge something, it just festers and festers and festers and it becomes a bigger and bigger and bigger fire. So let me ask you this, little Sean, when you were growing up, did he have a voice at all? <laughs> no. 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 no I, and I remember clearly one time saying to my parents, you know, I feel like it's like it's you guys against us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember, I don't remember if it was my dad or my mom, but one of them, one what, of them. What happened when you said that? They did not, that did not go over well. Yeah. That was not a, an acceptable expression, you know, right. like, you probably what do you mean? For we we yeah. love you <laughs> as they're screaming. At right. Me. <laughs> and that was a really, really true thing that you said as a kid, that was you trying to express your feelings and your feeling was met with dismissal, Rebuke. verbal yeah. abuse, feeling like you were wrong, all those kinds of things. So your feelings, Sean, probably your entire life have been very confusing. Mm -hmm. very confusing. And now you see them as a liability because mm -hmm. you see them hurting others. And then there's the shame that comes up with this. Cause it's like, I don't want to be like my father. Right. I don't want my kids to grow up in the house that I did. So my suggestion to you is we've got to find a healthy release for the anger. Like Little Sean, Big Sean, all ages of Sean have to get the frustration and anger out let me ask you this. How much like extreme physical activity do you do? A couple times a week. I mean, I work on my homestead and I try to, I try to do things that are really demanding on my body. I do, I do have a gym membership with a gym that I really love. And there have been a couple of workouts where I've gotten really, really cathartically like raging as I'm slamming this 15 pound ball on the floor, you yeah. know, like. And on yeah. those days, do you notice that you don't, blow up at home as much. Oh yeah. There's no, there's, there's, I got no juice left when I get home. Yeah. It's kind of like that, kind of like the pit bull. You take the pit bull out for the, you know, tell it to the dog part and let him run around for, you know, an hour or whatever. And then yeah. he's safe to be at home. <laughs> well, and I don't think it's just merely about exhaustion. I think when you get that anger out, you probably, your heart probably opens a little bit more. Yeah. And you're a little gentler and a little softer. Yeah, actually, one of the times, one of the times that I worked out like that, there was, uh, there was a wave of grief that followed it. Yep. So I've noticed, you know, I've done, I've done enough emotional sort of awareness work, and a lot of grieving work too. So you know, mm -hmm. I, 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 I know the, I know the pathway. Um, What's the you know, pathway? And I, and I, the pathway, well, there's the, there's this pathway that goes from through that through anger, like anger is actually the top layer. And then underneath there's, there's this pool of grief yep. and inside of that pool of grief is all of the, all of the despair and all of the feeling lonely and feeling like I was, you know, I just didn't feel like I belonged yep. anywhere in my, in my house growing up. And then, you know, I lived my life as a nomadic musician. I mean, how much yeah. I don't, how much I don't belong here anywhere yeah. <laughs> can you possibly get? <laughs> yeah. But now you're married with 
two kids. Yeah. Yep. So here's what I would suggest. Do you have any place in your home or on your land that's pretty private? Uh, not really. Okay. Can you yeah. make some? It's definitely a goal. Okay. But, you know, yeah, I can create. Because like you said, you know sort of the cycle and you're absolutely yep. correct and you're very astute is there's a, there's the anger is actually sitting on top of a pool of tears. Yeah. Like the little Sean never got to cry. Yeah. And so the yelling, the throwing things, it's basically a part of you having a temper tantrum. <laughs> and <laughs> my wife calls it the mantrum. The mantrum. There you go. There you go. I hated that the first time I heard it, but as you can see, I'm actually repeating it. So yeah. it must have sunk in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you have these mantrums because you get triggered. <laughs> okay. Now I didn't like that. So. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. You get triggered and the anger builds. But what really is underneath that? Well, let me ask you this. What usually triggers a yelling or throwing things episode? What usually? I think the most common, the most common thread is either when my, when I feel like my wife is criticizing me Mm -hmm. or when my stepson is disobeying. Or, or being, being, you know, snarky with me or something. Those are, those are the two, those are the two threads. That... Okay. And why do you think those are so triggering? We'll start with the wife criticizing you, which by the way, is a critic, is an anger trigger for most men. Right. Well, check this out. So the, the, the really elegant thing about this is that I've identified that the dynamic between myself and my stepson and my wife, there's this little triangle here that is it like, and I've even, I've even used my younger brother's name because that, that little triangle is, is the, the, it's the shadow of my relationship between my mother and my first brother is, Mm -hmm. is, is wrapped up in that. And it's like some, there have been times where I have been in the middle of a trigger and I've literally seen, I've literally perceived myself sort of stepping back and seeing this superimposed relationship like i'm not feel, even relating did you feel like your mother favored your brother yeah yeah favorite favored him and he and he knew it and he played it okay. and <laughs> yeah. so in you those know. moments when you feel like your wife is maybe siding with your stepson or something like that or, or interfering in my relationship with him mm-hmm. yep yeah. then yeah. then all of a sudden once again little sean feels not enough disregarded yeah. like he doesn't matter and unloved yeah. And the way that you get attention back is through anger. It's not only about getting attention back, it's about it's a fuck you as well. Mhm. And it's a and it's an attempt to establish control. Yep. Because if because if I can stomp my feet loud enough and make uh make the make the boy obey or respect me or whatever and make make the 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 wife or my mom or whatever mm-hmm. just back off and leave me alone mm-hmm. then yeah. yeah but then you're just repeating the familiar pattern exactly and right. it's not even a, it's not even about my wife or my kid it's like it's <laughs> never I'm is not even, I'm not even present to that <laughs> never is never about the people we think it's about it's yeah. always about the people that were the in the the kind of stackers of the trigger, the, mm-hmm. the original. So there's a couple of things that I would recommend. You have a lot of awareness. 
I would say be mindful of using humor as a deflect. Hmm. Has anyone ever pointed that out to you before? No. Okay. Okay. Well, just be aware that that's, that's one of your coping mechanisms. Where did you hear that in this conversation? Throughout the whole show. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I'll have to listen back to it. <laughs> yeah. There's a, and I, I get from you, and I think this is why anger is so hard at times. I get at your core, you are a very creative, joyful, loving man. Mm-hmm. And you don't like this angry part because it reminds you of your father and is not who you really want to be. But know that there have been a couple moments where we could have gone into the sadness and mm-hmm. humor came in, laughing came in. Mm-hmm. And so what I want to encourage you to do is to go into the sadness. You know, next time you have an anger streak or you're yelling or whatever, like go to your room and actually let the tears come. Mm-hmm. Because... Like you said, what is really going on in those moments you feel angry is you really feel hurt. You feel disrespected. You feel disregarded. You don't feel seen and you feel a tremendous amount of shame. Mm-hmm. And we all deal with shame in different ways. And many people, especially men, deal with shame by being angry, by being really angry. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen my husband get so angry And when we have conversations about it later, he's like, I was just feeling so much shame. And that was like the only way I could cope with it. And so see if you can, the next time, like there's a mantrum, really just say, you know what? I'm I'm sorry. I just need some space. Go Go in your room, journal, do whatever you need to do to get into the feeling, to connect with little Sean and be like, what's really going on? Like what's underneath this anger? How am I really feeling in this moment? Because a lot of times when we, and again, this is very true for men, not just for men, but I see this all the time with men when they don't feel seen, when they feel shamed, when they feel criticized, when they feel disregarded, when they feel left out, when they feel like they did something wrong, they go quickly into anger and just screw everybody else. I'm going to make you listen. Because that's the way. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's always the question. Why are you yelling? Because you won't listen yeah. otherwise. That's that's the answer that I always yeah. have. Always right there. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, like, let me ask you this. Why do you think they're not listening to you? Because I'm I'm not listening to myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not I'm not presenting myself in a way that's accessible to them because it's so fire hosey. It's so Right. Right. When we aren't really listening to ourselves and our deepest feelings, we can't really communicate clearly. We're communicating from a wounded place. And all mm. people hear is, wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Or, or in they, my days, rah, 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 rah. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when we communicate from a wounded place, we can be ruthless. We can be lethal. And so people can't mm. hear us because they have to defend themselves. Because when we're communicating from a wounded place, that most likely throws somebody in their wounding. And then it's just like, you know, defensiveness, strategies, coping mechanisms just all come up and the communication isn't clear at all. Right. So a couple things. I would find a space and time 
where you can get your anger out. Maybe it's like you just buy a medicine ball, you go outside and every morning you just like let it rip or when you feel triggered or you feel amped up, you just let it go. It's very important for um, all people. And again, especially men to have a physical release. Like it's, it's Uh a very, very important aspect. Uh Um, or you can, you know, do the temper tantrum technique that I recommend, which is basically hitting a pillow. And I'm angry because I'm mad because fuck you, because I'm pissed because, and usually, and you have kids, you see this, if you ride a temper tantrum out, you get to the tears, you know, Uh any little kid that goes through a temper tantrum, it's rage, it's anger, it's I hate you, it's more yelling, then it's sadness, then it's whimpering, then it's soft crying, then it's self-soothing, and then they're fine. So it's like taking yourself through that. Another thing that you can do if, you know, yelling, throwing something isn't feasible, then, and I mean, yelling, throwing something in a therapeutic way, not, not the way you've been doing it is just that release writing, just getting a pen and paper and, and you're writing so fast, you can't read it and just letting it rip that way. But going with it long enough that you get to the tears and you get to the hurt because that's the place where like your heart's going to start cracking open again. And little Sean is going to feel safe to feel because that's another reason that anger is so such a default emotion is the other feelings haven't felt safe. I'm sure as a little boy, when you had tears, no one came to you and was like, Sean, oh my gosh, are you okay? I'm here. I love you. Carl, you want, they probably said something like you, you're, boy, don't cry. Shake it off. Why are you crying? You know, you're probably shamed for your tears. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the question, because everything that you're saying, I already know, right? Like mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've worked with therapists, I've done, you know, workshops and la la la. So I have, I have all these tools at my disposal. And oftentimes I am successful at leaving the room and finding a place to go cry mm-hmm. or whatever. But part of what has this be so, such a thorn in my side is that it seems like it's taking forever to like come to the end of it. You know, like I keep expecting there to be an end where it's like. That comes back to what I said in the beginning, Sean, you're still judging the anger. Mm. You're still judging yourself for being like this. I think that you haven't come to terms with the fact that you are like your father. I think I'm more like my mom. Okay. Mom, whoever. Yeah. And like, Come to terms with that. You're trying so hard not to be like them that it's keeping you from, you know, going as far as you need to go. Accept it. Yeah. You are like her. You have this part of you. Huh. Don't shame it. Don't judge it. Don't keep trying to change it. Just be like, okay, like, yeah, this is real. This is a part of me. And I'm going to stop denying it. And I'm going to own it fully with love, with love. But I think that you've been in this dance of trying to heal it, but also trying to deny that you're like them because it was so painful for you. It kind of goes back to what you said earlier, that you got an unfair start. So there's a part of you, kind of a victim part of you that wants to be so angry at them that you don't want to own how you're like them. And that's a big part of the reckoning. Yeah, it's a tall order. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. Especially, especially when yeah. I contemplate that, I think, well, I mean, which comes first? Do I stop judging the feelings or do I stop judging them? Because, you know, I'm, I judge the crap out of both of them too. Well, you can, 
use that in your anger burns and in your emotional release. But the, it's really about you stop judging the feelings because they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. You know, it's, it's eventually you'll get to forgiveness and you'll really see that they were the way they were because of their own childhood and because of their own hurt. Well, I've already got a lot of that. I've already got a lot of that, but it's also, you know, it's kind of like, okay, it's 2020 y'all. Wayne Dyer wrote the erroneous zones like 30 years ago. You know what, <laughs> what are you waiting for? <laughs> They're probably never going to change. I know. And you don't want to go there in a spiritual bypass way. You want to go there where you see really how we really get to forgiveness and letting something go is we actually see that we're like someone else. Like when we do the deep enough projection work, when we can really see that our that part of ourselves in another and love it and accept it and forgive it, that's when we really get free. But you're kind of caught in a little bit of blame and victim. Yeah. And the the deeper you go with like fully owning and seeing this part of you and seeing you in them because the the blaming them and judging them has been part of the delay in your own healing because if you don't fully get to a place where you see yourself in them then there will always be the blame and the, the victim and the perpetrator dynamic going on inside of you so what's coming up for you? Oh, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm listening to you and receiving permission to <laughs> drop down into that mm -hmm. pool of grief and okay. swim, swim around a little bit. Because, yeah. you know, it's not so much the anger. I mean, yeah, I judge the anger, but it's like, like I don't want to spend, you know, I don't want to spend another five years walking around feeling like I need to ball, you know, I yeah, go through yeah. these, I, I go through these cycles where literally I can't go three hours without like having, having it just like bust wide open and I have to go, you know? Yeah. But here's the thing, Sean, if you have to spend another five years like that, that's okay. Like you, like there's such a level of radical acceptance that needs to happen. You're fighting so hard to change it that it's not changing. You've got to give yourself, all parts of you, the primary thing you did not get as a child, which is unconditional love and acceptance. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <sighs> and the more you do that for yourself, the way you'll model that for your kids. Yeah. It's really the only thing I care about with it at this point. You know, it's like it's not even so much about it's not even so much about changing my behavior just for the sake of changing my like it's it's more about being conscious. Like, what if what if my life can be the point of demarcation between you know a succession of abusive patterns and it all is. of this stuff? And you know, it is. What if I can raise a couple of boys who don't have this? Yeah, it is. But you've got to do it inside of you first. Yeah. You've got to raise up that little Sean inside of you. He needs a good dad. You know, even if it was your mom that was more the abusive one, dad didn't protect you. 
So it's like your internal father isn't protecting you from your internal abusive mother. Now that, that is a new perspective. Mm. That, because, you know, I have have sort of a semi-clear picture of the ways that my dad was not fully in the game, but I've never thought of it in those terms. Mm. And that's part of the internal work. Yeah. When that part of you comes up that's self-abusive, that's critical, that's shaming you, that's judging you, that internal father figure needs to come in and be like, no, we don't talk to ourselves like that. Oh. Mm. I mean, imagine what it would have felt like if your father had intervened one day and said to your mother, you don't talk to my son like that. I love him. He's my boy. <laughs> right? Yeah, it wasn't any of that. No, well, and this is, and it's, I love that you want to create that for your sons, but you can't skip you because then the generational pattern does repeat because kids learn so much by how we treat ourselves, not just them. (sighs) And they're watching all All the the time. time. All the time. So I think that, you know, Like you said, a lot of the things that I've told you, you know, you do, but I'm asking you to do a different layer, to do it with more, to bring little Sean in a little bit more, to do it with more ownership. Don't just manage it. I feel like you've been doing this by trying to manage it and trying to get rid of it. And I'm asking you to to go a little deeper and not try to manage it or get rid of it, but actually really heal. Mm. Can you feel the difference in that? I, th- I think so. I think I, I can feel it enough to go and contemplate it. I think that'll, I'm pretty good at integrating this kind of stuff. Mm. It's a subtle shift. You're right. It is a subtle shift. And I, I think in that managing, in that managing context, that's where I have sort of the wiggle room. Cause if I'm just managing, if I'm just managing, then it's not really about me. It's not really about, it's, it's about sort of coping so that I can, you know, not necessarily be responsible for the fact that it's actually mine. Yeah. If I'm managing it, I'm keeping it at arm's length and it's still inherited, quote unquote, inherited trauma <laughs> as right. opposed to just the trauma that's mine. <laughs> there you go. That was really profound what you said. <sighs> How do you feel now? Like I got work to do, Christine. Healing, thank you very much. healing, <laughs> healing and loving and accepting. Okay, um, fine. You have healing and loving and accepting to do. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> yeah. You got yeah, this. And- you're you're much farther along than you think. This is just really adding a level of internal parenting that you haven't added. Level of internal parenting and ownership, and getting out of like the victim and perpetrator roles and archetypes here. And just really going straight into like unconditional love and part of unconditional love is just owning. Yeah, this is, this is part of me. You know, I, I'm, I'm like my mother in this way, or I'm like my father in this way. And, you know, I'm going to stop judging them and own that part of me and me. It sounds like good journaling material right there. Mm, Beautiful. And like I said, you're much farther along than you think. And I can acknowledge you for bringing this up. I acknowledge you for being willing to do the work. And I acknowledge you, Sean, for breaking this generational pattern. I have full confidence that you are doing that. Uh, 
Thank you, Christy. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Sean, for your vulnerability and honesty. I've said many times on the show before that I really love having men on the show. I'd say 90% of our callers have been women and I love my fellow females. And it's really important to have men here too, really representing that male voice, that masculine voice. And so that other men, because I know a lot of men listen, other men and women really hear that vulnerability of men, because I think a lot of times men put on even a stronger mask of I'm okay. And they reject that scary little boy. You know, in the inner child workshop, we had quite a few men and it was really, really powerful to see them connect with that little boy. I believe actually little boys in so many ways are more sensitive than little girls. I've talked about this before too. I have nephews and I have lots of besties who have little girls. And I see the boys as even more tender, as even more sensitive, as even you need more like emotional support from mommy in a lot of ways. And that doesn't mean little girls aren't. Little girls are very sensitive too, but that's more encouraged. And in boys at a certain age, it's sort of conditioned out of them in so many ways. And that's one of the many reasons I think men deal with anger in either aggressive or passive ways. So I learned a lot from my husband about masculinity and men. And one of the things that he has taught me is that with men, if anger isn't dealt with in a healthy way, and as you learned with Sean, underneath the anger is usually a pool of grief and sadness. But if that anger, which is there, that that fire isn't dealt with in a healthy way, we'll get to the healthy ways in a moment, it goes one of two ways. Either men become aggressive and they have their outbursts, like Sean admitted, the yelling, the throwing things, putting his wife and kids through that emotional turmoil, or they go super passive and they get withdrawn and they allow other people, especially women, to kind of push them around, ball bust them, emasculate them. And that is sort of the anger turned inward because when that happens, they just become incredibly self-critical. Like anger unprocessed, anger left unhealed, creates incredible self-criticism. You are so hard on yourself when you have unprocessed anger. I have found that in my anger release, and by the way, if you want a free download on how to release anger from my book, you can just go to christinehassler.com slash anger release. And it's an excerpt from Expectation Hangover where I walk you through the temper tantrum technique. But back to what I was saying, I have found that in doing my own temper tantrum technique and releasing my own anger in a healthy way, I have become far less critical of myself because I'm not directing that anger inward. And so that's a big part for Sean is he is so, so hard on himself. And in so many ways, he's internalized so much of his anger, but then it reaches a boiling point and he snaps. And we unpacked so much in this call and I so, so appreciated his, his willingness and his willingness to let me call him out, you know, call him out on the laughing and the humor that sort of was a deflection. So a lot of times when we're avoiding sadness, I see this with so many people, when we're avoiding sadness, we laugh, we go to the humor because the pain is just so big that it's hard to go there. 
So what I was really encouraging him to do was to go there, to go into the pain on a regular basis, which he said he did, but go there with also owning it, you know, because his his words were, I manage the anger. And I was like, yes, exactly, Sean, that's it. You're managing the anger versus healing the anger. And part of healing the anger is owning it, like owning, oh my gosh, these people that I don't want to be like, especially my mother, I've turned into that. And instead of judging or shaming himself or blaming his parents, because when we have unresolved anger, we flip between victim and perpetrator. We just go victim, perpetrator, blame, shame. We're either blaming others or shaming ourselves. We're either the victim or we're causing you know, emotional turmoil in someone else. And to get out of that cycle, it's really owning that part and being like, okay, this is a part of me and I own it and I see it and I love it and I'm going to work with it. And the other clues that there's just this need for this strong inner parent, and I suggested to Sean to do the inner child workshop as well, is that, you know, at six years old, he started binge eating. And I feel he's a very, very creative, multi-passionate man. And by not having a healthy outlet for his emotional expression, he had so many big feelings and he just had to numb them, numb them, and and was so craving soothing and love and feeling good that he just started eating. And who knows what other addictions have come up because of that, but most addictions, if not all addictions, are a result of emotional overload, basically. Having too many big feelings and not having a safe parental authority loving figure to help you navigate them. So he's got to learn that for himself. He's got to learn how to connect with his own internal mother and father and reparent himself. And part of that is really healing that anger and creating a welcome space for it rather than managing or shaming it or having it leak out and outbursts. The other thing that I wanted to say to Sean, but I didn't, so I hope he's listening, is that with something like this, it may be really beneficial for him to work with someone, particularly you know, someone that can hold the space for his anger because he didn't get that as a child. He didn't get uh, someone holding that healthy space for his expression. So why he may be doing you know, the physical release or even the temper tantrum technique, but feel like he's not getting a release is because he may need the space held. Because a lot of times when we tap into anger, especially if we have a lot of it, it feels really scary. So knowing we have someone there that can hold the space for us is really important, which is why I always have anger releases in any of my in-person retreats so that people get the experience of having that safe space held for them. And hopefully we'll be doing in-person retreats soon again in the future. That's my prayer. We've got to get there, everybody. All right, some takeaways for you. Really look at your relationship with anger. Do you relate to being the more outburst aggressive? It's impatient, you snap, you're irritable, or are you more passive and you've internalized it? And is it really showing up in your self-criticism. Create a space for you to do temper tantrum technique. Go to christinehasler.com slash anger release and really, really create that space. We all need to release anger. Go to christinehasler.com slash inner child and join us for that workshop so you can connect that inner child and learn how to reparent it. And finally, own those parts of yourself that you don't like so much. You continue to shame them and judge them and blame them they're not going to heal. All right, everybody. That's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. 
Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.